On this episode, Dude and Brett try their hand at making some cocktails for the upcoming Cinco de Mayo and Kentucky Derby weekend. Find out what they were and what they thought on this episode of The Bourbon Hunters. But before we get started, do you want to support our podcast? Do you like bourbon gear? Visit our website at www.bourbonhunters.com to buy some of our custom bourbon gear and support the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon Hunters. I'm Duke Ford. I'm joined by Red Ryan. And we've also got with us. Uh, oh, no. Tyler's not here. Again. I heard. A little birdie told me he's going to be here for the next episode. We'll Ooh. see. We'll see. We'll see if it actually happens. But today we've got a double episode or a double celebration. I guess it's a single episode, double celebration. Shotgun episode. Shotgun episode. So we're, we're going to venture a little bit away from bourbon. There will be bourbon, kind of. We'll be bourbon adjacent. There you go. But we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo and we're celebrating Derby Day. Uh, both are this weekend. So if you're listening to this when it comes out on Thursday or Friday, you're going to be a little early, but that's all right. We'll give you a good idea on something to have. Hopefully, we're going to taste a hair for ourselves in just a second and see if it's any good. And then we'll go from there. But uh, it looks good. Yeah. So. For Cinco de Mayo, we actually prepared. It, it's both of these are going to be cocktails today. So uh, for Cinco de Mayo, we prepared a reposado, uh, old fashioned. So kind of like a, you know, a, a bourbony type idea, but it's made with reposado tequila instead of uh, instead of uh, bourbon. And then the second half of the the show, when we talk about the derby, uh, we'll be actually drinking a mint julep. I had, I think this was in Orlando last year for a work conference. But a mezcal old fashioned. Oh, well, that I mean, was me- really mezcal. Good. So tequila is technically mezcal. Not, yeah. So it's kind of like bourbon and whiskey. From what I understand, all mezcal or all tequilas are mezcal. Not all mezcals are tequilas. Okay. So uh, mez- mezcal is a wide ranging type of uh, you know uh, uh, spirit, I guess, if you will, that encompasses tequila. Um, but mezcal has that like smokiness to it. Can and yeah, I, not the, always the one that I had anyway. Yeah, and they they kind of advertise it as a smoked mezcal, old fashioned, or something of that nature. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I mean mezcal. I so I sat in St. Louis during my son's volleyball tournament. Uh, went to this little craft liquor store, mm-hmm. and the guy behind the the bar was a huge mezcal fan. And now they, I was sitting there drinking bourbon. We started talking about mezcal, and then he started giving me just samples of mezcal to taste it. Well, that's awesome. Talk, yeah, it was pretty cool. And there were some smoky ones. There were some non. But there's a lot of different ways you can make mezcal. Um, so that's the big thing. Uh, and it, it encompasses, like I said, a lot of different agave-type uh, spirits. But then um, – or a lot of different styles of agave mm-hmm. spirits, I guess. And then tequila, obviously, uh, is probably the more famous of all of them. But mez- mezcals are actually becoming a very popular uh, drink here in the U.S. Uh, there's mezcal bars popping up, and uh, people are drinking those. But uh, well, Yeah, I heard a trend that, like, 
and this may have kind of like fallen down and it might have been, I don't know, six, eight months ago, but I heard this trend that Mezcal might be the new big thing. Well, that they say that or sipping rums as well. That's another one. Rum's a very old spirit. Yeah, but it's also, uh, it's they're starting to get into a place where it's not just like for shots or mixers, but it's actually, yeah. and I guess it's been that way a long, in the Caribbean, it's been that way for a long time. Right. Here in the US, it's more of like a party yeah, you know thing like Bacardi rum and like yeah, cocktails, yeah, yeah. And right? Or one hundred and fifty one to do oh, shots or something oh. stupid like that. But yeah, but now they have like uh, sipping rums that are becoming bigger here in the U.S. and that's becoming a thing. When I was in Jamaica, I had some some dark rums that were like a sipping rum, and that was very good. You yeah. know, it was a very like you said, like like sipping rum. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the difference I think between you know what uh, we're used to and then what's kind of trending a little bit mm-hmm. in the rum uh, and mezcal too. But uh, let's talk about uh, Cinco de Mayo, and then we'll get into our regular crap and have a drink of this and uh, see what we think. See if the listeners is... can't see, but we're wearing sombreros right we now. Are. I've got a Serapi on and a sombrero. <laughs> so. um, but uh, Cinco de Mayo, it's kind of funny that it's such a big thing in the United States because in Mexico, it's actually not that big of a thing, ex- except for in the Puebla region. But uh, I think the funniest thing about Cinco de Mayo is most people in the United States think that it's Mexican Independence Day, which is not true. Uh, September 16th is the day that they honor their independence in Mexico. Uh, and uh, Cinco de Mayo is actually uh, celebrated on May 5th because it's the day in 1862 when Mexico's army defeated France in the Battle of Puebla during the mm. Franco-Mexican War. Um, so it's also known as the Battle of Puebla Day. Uh, but it's not really celebrated very uh, heavily inside of Mexico, outside of the region or the state of Puebla. Um, because, you know, for them, the big day is uh, September 16th. That's their, uh, you know, uh, national holiday. Uh, but in the United States, Cinco de Mayo has become a way to honor Mexican culture and heritage. So, um, you know, we take our uh, cultural appropriation very, very seriously Absolutely here. on this show and we, we do. And we choose you know, as many ways as we can to appropriate those cultures and, and make them our own. So, uh, happy Cinco de Mayo here. And happy Cinco de Mayo. Sorry, my dad was sending me a message. He was... No, you're fine. Um, so, what we've got in the glass here is a Reposado Old Fashioned. And uh, basically, it's a pretty simple recipe. It's very similar to a, a standard Old Fashioned, but you're using a Reposado. Um, quarter good. Quarter ounce of simple syrup, one dash of chocolate bitters. So, chocolate mm. bitters. Uh, orange peel and cherry for garnish, and then uh, pouring it over a large cube, just like you would an old fashioned. So that is the uh, that is the. Uh, it smells fantastic. Does it? Oh, I think it does. It's I got a little bit chocolate. of that tequila and yeah. the chocolate. Yeah. So not that I normally nose my cocktails, but uh, yeah, 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 whatever. So, ooh, the chocolate really shines through on that. Mm, yeah, that's good. Actually, that's really good. It is. <laughs> this is a very like summer outside sipping, but I could sip this in like watching a movie too. Yeah. I might have to give some of this to Trina and see what she thinks. Yeah, I bet it would get the trampy approval. The the tramp stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah. I think we might uh, be able to to do that. Have you ever tried whiskey stones as opposed to like an ice I have. cube? Yeah, Trina bought them for me for Christmas a couple years ago. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan. Really? Yeah. I mean. For one, they don't hold their coldness very long. Uh-huh. This um, keeps hitting my mic. I'm sorry. I don't know how to like no, to go about this. No, it's a big glass. Yeah. yeah, we're used to those little glasses. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've tried whiskey stones in the past, and you know they do the initial chilling. The one thing I do like about them, 
I will say is that generally they're smaller. So like if you want to put them in a glass that doesn't normally hold like a big rock, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you could put them in there. And then, you know, the other thing I do like about them is if you do just kind of want to go outside and it's a warm day and you don't want your bourbon to get watered down at all, yeah. it'll chill them. Now, it doesn't last very long. The chill doesn't last very long. Um, but... See, I would have thought it would have held the chill longer for some reason. You would think so, but for whatever reason, every time I've done it, it just doesn't seem to hold the, the chill mm. very long. Um, but it doesn't water down, which is nice. That's, right. the, that's the nice thing about it. That so. was kind of my favorite thing. You know, I said it last week on the show about the Sazerac drink. Um, was that it was, you know, it doesn't have any ice in it. And I was like, oh, I would love to find more cocktails that are like, initially the glass is chilled, but it's not made with ice. So it doesn't water down. Yeah. No. Uh, when I made this, it tells you to add ice into the, uh, container. Mm -hmm. And then, so you mix it and then, uh, pour it out strained over a, a you know, a large yeah. format ice is what they call and, it. And these big cubes do really well of holding their without melting too yeah. much yeah they don't water it down too much they, yeah. they do melt slower which is actually nice so if you get the opportunity to use uh like a large rock or a large uh ice cube that does actually help versus like you know small cubes and stuff like that now little fun fact this is something you could talk about at a uh at a party hmm. and probably be the life of the party if you if you come in with this knowledge do you know why they're called rocks like on the rocks no, I do not. Back in the old days mm -hmm. when uh, they had bars, but they did not have ice. Mm -hmm. They would take small pebbles, place them out into the river where they would stay chilled, like huh. a stream or whatever. Yeah. And then when they when they wanted to chill their beverage, they would go grab them and put them into the drink. I'll be damned. So it cool? is literally on the rocks. Yeah. That's how yeah. – that is the legend of the rocks. I love learning like little – tidbits of like useless knowledge like that isn't that so useless yeah but it's it's pretty but I love cool like shit you know if you're ever talking to a bartender and they're like uh you know you say on the rocks that's if you hey do you know why it's called that that was in um who framed roger rabbit if you remember he orders like scotch on the rocks or something and they bring it out to him and there's actually like rocks in his glass mm -hmm. and he's like tune bar you know because yeah. they're all like mixed you know yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah. characters right that was uh this is pretty good. I'm actually pretty happy with this. Yeah, you have to share this recipe with me. I know you said it um, on the air, but I wasn't writing it down. Yeah. So you have to share this with me. No, this is uh, this is good. I might take a quick picture of it real quick, and then. Uh, I really enjoy these wild turkey glasses as well. Yeah, got they give them out at Wild Turkey when you get a drink there. Was the bar not open when we were there? No, it was just that uh, there was a bar in the back. Yeah, there was. Um. There was a bar in the back, but we were in and out real quick. We didn't have time to get a drink. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Because you know what? I think that we were going to get a drink, but like you said, there wasn't enough time. Yeah. We were we were rushing. We got that uh, we got that Kentucky Spirit, and we got the Russell's Reserve single barrel yeah. pick. And then from there, we uh, had to rush, I think, to, I don't know, Four Roses maybe. Or maybe we were from Four Roses to there. No, was, I think we rushed to Four Roses. I think I you're feel. right. I think you're right. So yeah, we went. I think we went to Wild Turkey, rushed to Four Roses. So um, that's what happened. That's that's, and I'm sticking to it. Now, do you have any Cinco de Mayo like 
plans? Is there anything you like to do? I know a couple of years Friday ago. this year. Yeah, it so fell on a Tuesday nice. a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I think that might have been like COVID and like everyone had these big plans of Cinco. Oh, and it was... Uh, it was like Taco Tuesday and Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, like all happened on the same day. And then it fell in like 2020, if I remember correctly. And it all went to like shit. Like No, I rem- so what happened for me that day is I went to Condado's and you had mm. to pick up, you, you know, you had to stand outside and wait for your order. And uh, the Dublin Fire Department and the Dublin Police came by multiple occasions because Condado's was so swamped. And I, I sat outside and waited for my order. It was like, say, a 6 o'clock pickup because mm-hmm. you had to schedule. Your, you remember you had to schedule pickups and stuff during COVID? Right. Um, it was That's like a funny. 6 o'clock p- pickup, and I don't think I got my food till like 7.30. Jesus. And so the police and the fire department came by multiple times telling us we had to clear the, the sidewalk. Because we were too close together, and we were we all just stayed. Not a single person moved. Well, I'm sure, like, not a single person moved. The, everyone stayed exactly where they were. No one was wearing masks or anything. It was just like, yeah, we're. And at that point, this was like way past, you know, two weeks to sh- whatever. The so, shutdown. So yeah. everyone's like, "Fuck you guys." We're just sitting around. What a weird time. It was. That was a weird, weird time. I mean, no one knew what was going on. No. You know, it was scare tactics for sure from the media. Um, everyone was scared shitless. And, and you know, rightfully so at the beginning because we didn't know what was going on. But the unknown's always scary. Yeah, yeah, but as soon as the data came in that it was really affecting a smaller subset of people mm-hmm. more than any other, like, they, they shouldn't have kept it going the way they did. Yeah. It should have been, okay, let's quarantine those people, not the entire population. And then, and then leave it up to people who might have to be around those people on a regular basis to decide whether or not they want to quarantine. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was dumb. And, and the funny thing was is Sweden goes through the entire thing. They don't shut down at all. They looked bad at first because their, their death toll spiked at first, mm-hmm. but they ended up having a much lower mortality rate than anyone else in the world. And they never shut down once. So it's Sweden. Yeah. I, I could live in Sweden. They have some beautiful like landscape. Well, I mean, shoot, cool spot. It's, you know, it's, it's cold though. A lot yeah. of the year. It's yeah. one of those Norse countries. So you're, you're dealing with that, but it is a beautiful country. I mean, that's, there's a lot there. I'm speaking from someone who's never been there. <laughs> Sweden, women, Sweden, but it's from Sweden. I always think of like Austin powers. I always think of, uh, trading places. Uh, oh, when, God, uh, yes. Jamie Lee Curtis is, uh, you know, she's dressed like a Swiss person, but she says she's from from Sweden. Sweden. And then the guy with her is like, "Don't you mean Switzerland?" And she's <laughs> like, "No, I'm from Sweden." Sweden. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Anyway, um, so uh, what have you been up to, man? So my trip to New Orleans, which I know I talked about on the last show, that's probably been the biggest thing that I had. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just playing catch up. So when you get week. back from trips like that, it's almost like you need a vacation from your vacation. I do. Right? Like, cause you get back and all this stuff's piled up, right? Yeah. And that was a work trip too. So it right. wasn't like a full vacation. I took an extra day to explore, which I'm glad that I did. Otherwise I wouldn't have got to see as much as I did in new Orleans. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. Everyone asked me like, Oh, what'd you think? How did you like it? And I was just like, it was okay. And they're like, yeah, that's how I felt too. Like that seems to be almost everyone's response from new Orleans. They're just like, yeah, it was okay. Here's the thing about New Orleans. New Orleans is one of those places that it is what you make of it. Yeah. Because they pretty much have beads going on all, oh, year, yeah. all year long. There were beads going on when I was right. there. And, and you weren't there for anything special. It was right. just a, so whenever there's a conference there, people let down their hair, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, like, you can go there. I remember I've been there on multiple occasions. I've been there twice for um, basically once was a couple of weeks before Fat Tuesday once was during Fat Tuesday, and another time was during New Year's for a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And imagine 
Was that the Ohio State bowl game? Ohio I'm State versus Florida State. That right would have been. The 90s. Oh, okay. It was like 95 or 96, gotcha. something like that. Um, and Warwick. I think Warwick was their wide receiver that went into to the NFL, uh, Florida State's. Okay. And uh, he, was a, he was a stud. And Bobby Bowden was coach, coaching mm-hmm. at the time. And that's when – I think it was John Cooper was still coaching. Probably. And, and it was – when we got run out of the building almost, and what he saw Bobby Bowden doing was trading in fresh defensive ends almost like every other play, basically, so that they could keep pressure on our uh, a quarterback, and it worked mm-hmm. tremendously. And so the year after that, he started doing the same thing, and like we, our our pressure off the end started being like a force in the Big Ten. Now we'd still lose to Michigan while he was there, but still he <laughs> he like he transformed our defensive line after that to model after. It's Bobby a smart Bowden. move. It Absolutely. was it was very smart, and and we started just dominating. You know, quarterbacks couldn't do shit against us because they were getting every time they had a second to even think about throwing, they were getting sacked. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, those are the three times I've been there, and all three times they were just crazy nuts. Well, there was definitely, like you said, like it was a conference. People were letting their hair down and like, you know, it's, it's not like, like Vegas. It's like one yeah. of those places when you're there, everyone's there to have a good time. They know right. where they are. Yeah. They want to make it as much as they can. It's a lot different. Nashville's the same way, but it's a lot different than say, if you went to just a conference in another place. Right. Like I went to Orlando last year and it was like, what they do? Right. It was in the middle of, even though it was Orlando, it was kind of like isolated, like an island. Like if you wanted to go somewhere, you had to take an Uber and it was probably like a 20 minute Uber drive. It was nothing like where, yeah. you know, we could just walk out of the hotel because we were downtown. And like, if you want to go to a different like district, like if you want to go to like the garden district versus the, the French, French quarter, quarter or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You have to take an Uber, but we were right in the heart of the French quarter. So we just walked around and, yeah. you know, did all that stuff. There I was think, a cool carousel bar. Have you seen that or heard of that? Um, I haven't been there since probably 2000, I think it was six, maybe okay. 2000. No, no, it would have been like 2000. It might've been 2012 or 13. Actually. I imagine like a carousel with like horses and shit like that. Yeah. It's not that at all. Oh yeah. It's just like normal ball bar, like stools and the bar like slowly turns in a circle, but the bartenders in the middle stay stationary. Yeah. And it was kind of neat, but it was fucking packed. You couldn't get to see, it was always packed every time we went That's there. Funny. That's funny. Did you go to any places to get like beignets or anything like that? No. So we went, um, God, what is that famous place called? Like, Cafe du Monde. Cafe du Monde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Went to Cafe du Monde. It was crazy busy. And I was just kind of like, pastries and shit like that aren't my thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. And when I went there, it was crazy busy. They were okay. Th- and that's what I assume. I've had beignets okay. from places that were much better. Yeah. Like, but these are the classic standard, like almost like what they've always been for until like you get these uh, crafty, you know, chefs and stuff doing their take on beignets. Right. So like, you know, once you've had those though, going back to the originals is kind of like, eh. It's a letdown. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. But if you did it in reverse order, I could see where you'd love those beignets and then like you go to another place and it blows your mind. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, like, I've had beignets before, but I'm just like, it's just not my thing. And like most of the times I had been drinking and I'm like, I don't want to drink and then eat like a pastry and just yeah. not my thing. So... <clears throat> Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of of New Orleans. Um, whenever I get a chance to go, I like to go. Um, I'm also going to Vegas here in like two weeks. Yeah. So that'll be that's for work. But are you going to try and hit up any uh, liquor stores or anything while yeah, you're there? I think do I'm, like yeah, a little hunting. I'm going to take some sleeves and the little uh, pump. 
take an extra bag. That sounds kind of weird to say, though. Sleeves in a pump. (laughs) No, shipping sleeves, you know, so I I can put it in my bag and make sure they don't get destroyed on the way home. Um, But yeah, I'm probably going to try to find some um, smoke wagon, stuff Mm. like that, because that's that's where they are. And um, two-bitch bourbons out there as well. Um, but then they also, I think they have a secondary so that you'll see some stuff and I don't think bourbon is huge out there. So I, you know, sometimes you can find some stuff in some stores. Yeah. I was out there in December and I didn't really like shop per se, but like in the bars, I kind of like tried to pay attention to what was on the shelves and I don't think it's a big draw there. So, but in the liquor stores, because of that, some, they'll have some stuff sitting on the shelves. But not always. I mean, you're you're probably luckier in like a place like Henderson than you would be in say you know Vegas downtown mm-hmm. or something where all the tourists are at. But where are you staying? Um, the the Win. Oh yeah, that's a nice place. It was between the Win and um, the Venetian. I've stayed in the Venetian before. Mm-hmm. The Venetian was fifty dollars more per night, and I was like, well, I'll save my company some money. Everyone else in my company chose the Venetian. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> but. The wind's nice too, and one the of the nights, nice, yeah. one of the nights were there. One of the soirees, it's actually called a soirée, hmm. um, is hosted at the wind, so I'll be there already. Oh, so that'll, cool. be, that'll be nice. And go home and take a shit, and make uh, sure I'm you know freshened up for the for the evening, and not have to rush to it. Yeah, I stayed at the Venetian. Oh God, sorry, I was loud there. The last time I was there, I stayed at the Venetian. Yeah, it's nice. Like, I had one of those rooms that stepped down into, like, a living mm-hmm. room. That's how mine was, And then yeah. up higher, like, where you came in the door was, like, the sleeping area, and yeah. the bathroom was huge. Yeah. It was a really nice room. Um, it was just a long walk to get to my room for me. I don't even remember that part. Yeah. It might have been. I have no idea. I don't remember. Uh, but my trade show was in the Venetian, and it is again this time. So, like, there's a there's an expo hall in the Venetian, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where we're having our trade show. And so uh, I'll have to go from the wind to the Venetian every day, which that part sucks. But it's only three days technically, but I'll be there Saturday through Thursday. Doing a little sightseeing, like, while you're Trina out there. and I are going together. Oh, nice. For Saturday, because it's Mother's Day weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're going to be there Saturday and oh, Sunday. Shit, I'm glad you reminded me. <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And then she's going to fly back on her own Tuesday. Okay. And then I'm going to stay through Thursday because my the, the trade show starts on Tuesday. So I'm going to take her to the airport, see her off, go to the trade show, and then uh, I'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fly back on a red eye Thursday night. Ugh, so, that's the, I hate I hate red eyes, yeah. I I've t- actually scheduled the whole Friday off before that reason. Yeah. So I can come home and actually get some real sleep. I did the exact same thing, but it was a direct flight, so it was worth doing the red eye for a direct flight. Yeah, mine is a direct flight <clears throat> to Charlotte. And then, uh, and then home. <laughs> Charlotte's a big airport. It though. is, but like the nice thing about it is, I'll actually get some a chance to sleep in the plane, and then when I land, I'll have to you know scurry over to my flight that's like an hour and a half or whatever. What is it? An hour and a half to Charlotte? I think so. Yeah, so, I'm crushing my drink on top of you. I'm sorry. I'm, what do I don't you mean? mean to be chug a lugging. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I feel I'm like I got a little behind. less. You got less, but not yeah. much. That's my one thing with with these. I don't like them to ice to get too watery. So I feel like I, I drink, drink my cocktails faster than I drink my. Bourbon. Same because I'm afraid it's going to water yeah. down. So I was listening to a podcast. It was a Bloomberg podcast. It's called Odd Lots, and it mm-hmm. was they had a forester come on. Like that works for the forestry. Yes, not, not, old, not forester. old forester. Okay. Yes, he was a forester. And he, he lives in Pennsylvania, and he works for the state of Pennsylvania, I believe. And the whole episode was how the oak industry 
is going to eventually lead to a shortage, which is going to eventually affect the bourbon industry. Yeah. And he's saying in 30 years, they are looking, if things don't change, that in 30 years, and there's not much they can do to change it in 30 years because, you know. Those trees take a long time to grow. Like 70 years before you can actually even think about using them for barrels. Mm -hmm. So in 30 years, they're talking about having a reduction of available barrels or uh, trees by 70%. Wow. And I don't know this. I haven't finished the podcast yet. I don't know if they're considering the increase in in uh, like consumer, production. Yeah. No, not even consumer, but production by Buffalo Trace because that requires more barrels. Mm-hmm. They've upped their production. Middle West Spirits is upping their production. I mean, all these places are upping their production to a point where they're increasing the amount of barrels they're going to use. And if if you remember in Kentucky, remember they always brag about the fact that they have more stored barrels of bourbon than they do actual population in Kentucky. Yeah. And I've always wondered that. And like, I always wondered is like, you know, where do they keep getting all this wood from? If you think about you only use a barrel one time, you know, I don't know how many barrels you get out of one single tree or how many trees it takes to make one barrel. I don't know the well, answer Well, he to got that. into a lot of that. He didn't say how many trees it takes to make one barrel, but he did say that it takes – he said that the, the oak trees that they use, it's almost like – he said, think about like the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's the NFL of, of oak trees. He's like, so not all oak trees can be used. Right. He I said if there's that. a bend in the oak tree and if there's you know all this, that, and the other, he says it's got to be a straight oak tree. And he said uh, it's got to be grown in a certain environment too where – if they're grown, so so here's one of the problems: you can't just go out and and make a, an oak tree farm, mm-hmm. because what makes an oak tree good, specifically for uh, holding bourbon or holding liquid, is that they can't be super spread out. They have to be dense, basically. Okay. Because the wood kind of acts like straws for the tree to suck up yeah, to the leaves, the, the moisture, moisture, and yeah, nutrients so and all that. The faster they grow the more spread out they are, the less dense the wood is and the the less it'll hold, right? Yeah, that makes so sense. you have to plant them in almost a forest environment where they're fighting each other to actually thrive. So if, they can, if they're just sitting there free to grow and you space them out so that they're free to grow, tall and fast, they won't work. So they have to be in an almost like a natural – and he said you can emulate this mm-hmm. when you plant them. He said, but they almost have to be in an area where they're fighting for sun and nutrients and stuff like that so that they grow dense and thick and they're yeah, not – like strong they're not systems growing. and that all yeah. makes like, sense. Yeah. And, and in the, he brought in a sample, like a cross cut I think, mm-hmm. and it showed like the rings and how spread apart they are. The, the, the wider apart the rings are from year to year, the worse means it's oh. growing too fast type of thing. Okay. Um, too big, too fast. And it's just not as dense of wood. And it won't hold the, the moisture as well. So I thought that was interesting. So well, yeah, like you said, think of all the distilleries, like not even just in Kentucky, but like all the craft distilleries and yeah. like look at fucking MGP. How many barrels do they have and how many? Well, and by law, you have to use new oak. Isn't it like American oak as well? Or could you white source? Oak. You can use white oak, you can use French oak. And there's another one that's like, Himalayan oak or something or Malaysian oak or something. So you could source from Canada for the wood or no? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, it it doesn't have to be American. Okay. For some reason, I thought. It just has to be white oak. 
in one of the like, and I don't know if it was neat or one of those documentaries um, or bourbon tucky, they were talking about like they, whatever company was using American white oak. Well, they, the companies might be, yeah, you know, kind of like a farm to glass type of yeah. thing, but they don't have to use American white. It just has to be white oak okay, or French oak, or there's one other one that's acceptable. And I can't remember what it is, but cause I read something that the majority of our, like, like lumber per se, that kind of wood all comes from Canada. It was like 70% of our wood comes from Canada. Not oak. But, and I Most don't know. Most of the yeah. oak comes from Appalachia. Okay. Um, and there's only a, there's a region of area where oak can actually grow successfully. And it basically starts in northern Pennsylvania, stretches over to Minnesota, down to like, you know, Kentucky and mm-hmm. even Florida in spots. But it's mostly where you're going to see most of it is in Appalachia. And it, I know like pine, right, is a very like common like construction wood. Right. And so maybe that's what they were saying was it was pine that Could comes be from pine. there. And I just knew that a lot of like yeah. And like one of the things he store. did say is that because one of the questions they did ask was home construction, things like that should be more important than bourbon, right? So so well, yeah. so when they're trying to decide for reforestation, you know, where can they plant these trees and things like that? You know, that was one of the things that they uh, were talking about is like, well, shouldn't the home trees, pine and stuff like that, cedar or not cedar, pine and uh, s- spruce maybe? Is that poplar? Maybe poplar. I think spruce even are all like interchangeable mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but he said, well, the thing that's nice about this is they don't compete geographically. Oh. Like you're not going to grow pine in the same place you grow oak and vice versa. So, but he said one of the things that you have to deal with when you're when you're choosing where to grow your oak trees and stuff like that is invasive species and deer. Deer love to just munch on like saplings and they, yeah. They, yeah, they'll tear them up. So you have to keep them out. Well, I've seen those like little cages they put around them when they're saplings, so yeah, the deer but, and other things. But I don't know how long that helps or lasts yeah. or whatever. But that cherry was freaking fantastic, man. Yes, that was delicious. That's the type of cherry. Yeah. That's how I know. We talked about this last week. If if they're yeah. going to make a good cocktail, what kind of cherry they put in there? Luxardo, yeah. And this is a Jack Rudy or Jack Ruby. Which one's the Jack Ruby's the guy that killed? So it's Jack Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Rudy. Uh, Luxardo cherries. Yeah. So they're, they're, it says cocktail cherries on them, but they're they're Luxardo cherries. Yeah, they're fantastic. They are. Are they in a um, a heavy syrup at all? They're in a. It's not a heavy syrup. Now the Traverse City ones are in a heavy yeah. syrup. That's a heavy thick syrup. Sometimes when I got they're to in the a end, syrup, I would put just like not... just like a little splash oh, in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do too. Um, I do that on the way down, just so it actually goes down with the level of the cherries. Now this is like a very very thin syrup. Yeah. So it's not thick. But it is sitting in like a some sort of a syrup of, of whatever. And it's funny because the last bottle I had was the Traverse City ones. Mm. And so like I got really spoiled on those, went back to these Luxardos, which they were both Luxardos, but or well, I don't I actually don't know if the Traverse City ones are Luxardos. I don't know what they are, but Traverse City. But they're they do a very famous like for their cherries. Cherry, yeah, they do cherry everything. Yeah. They're very famous for the cherries. And I've been to their um distillery. it's not a distillery because well, they they source. Gift shop. Or yeah, whatever. there you go, their gift shop. Um, and it's cool. They had some good cocktails. It probably is considered a distillery. I think they called it a distillery, even though they are not distilling. Um, that's a lie. They might distill. They something. probably distill some clear spirits or yeah. something like gin or yeah. something. I would. I would imagine. I would imagine they do because generally speaking, 
No one wants to always source. I mean, well, some places might, yeah. but I think most places, like Virgil Cain, when we had them on, they talked about the fact that they like sourcing and kind of blending things together to make something make unique. Make their own. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But And Smoke Wagon does the same thing. But like Old Elk, for example, they started off with MGP, and I think now they're slowly working into distilling mm-hmm. their own and releasing their own. Yeah, but that's um, kind of like his, like he was the master distiller though at MGP. Oh, so well, yeah. I still feel like it's his, even though he was sourcing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, he probably you had a hand I mean? in the stuff that they were putting. In yeah, the, and he probably knew. I think he even said on our show, if you want to listen, go back. We had Old Elk. Uh, we had Greg Metz on an that episode. Was a great show. It was, and you got to nerd out big time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, uh, but I think he even said that he knew kind of some of the sweet spots because he was you know there he was there so long. Right. So that was an interesting. Uh, that was a good episode actually. I should republish that one. Yeah, that was a great he, episode. It, I don't think enough people got to listen to that because we weren't very big yet. Yeah. Um, well, they've gotten they've grown as well. As well a company, oh yeah, you for know? sure. You know what? One of these years, and it doesn't have to be our bourbon trip, but I, I wouldn't mind going out there. Yeah. And just making that our bourbon trip one year. Yeah, absolutely, man. That would be fun. Because I bet he'd welcome us in. Oh, guarantee. Maybe it. even let us do a barrel pick. Who knows? But. Uh, I I don't even care if he did because I'm sure he'd give us the VIP tour. Oh, I'm sure. Thieving from barrels and just yeah. doing whatever. No, he seemed like a super great guy. And he always reaches out to us, sends us stuff. I mean, he does always send yeah, stuff. Yeah, we've been all the getting time. stuff from him for years ever since he's been on the show. And mm-hmm. I, I'll support them all the time. I buy anytime one of my bottles runs out, I go buy a new one. I just went and bought the new Infinity Blend. Yeah. And it's good. It's I need really to actually good. get another old elk. I drank mine. I don't know, not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I've still got a couple barrel picks I'm milking from uh, Bourbon Enthusiast. Yeah. He hasn't done one in a while. That's true, he hasn't. Um, and I, I should reach out to him, tell him he needs to do another Old Elk. But uh, I think he's trying to go by what his uh, members are yeah. asking for. But he needs to do another Old Elk soon. Um, so what do you think of this drink? I would drink this all the time. I thought this was delicious. It was delicious. I I would agree. Now, here's my next question. I'm going to go up and make a mint julep. I'll, I'll pause this. Yeah. Are you a fan of mint juleps usually? Um, it's not something that I typically drink. I'll be honest with you. I'll Have drink, you ever had one? Yes. Um, we made some shitty ones in college for the Derby for sure. Yeah. And then I feel like I've had them later in life, but it has probably been... How old am I? Um, it's probably been like 10 years 42? since I've had one. Almost. 42? 41. 41. Um, it's probably been a solid eight, nine years since I've had one. All right. Seriously. So your taste buds have probably adjusted. You probably I'm sure they, yeah. Maybe. I had one when they sent, so if you remember, Old Forester sent me a kit last year around yeah, the Derby. I do. And uh, I made some from that kit. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved it. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I was like, oh, I'll just make one. And it was good. I feel like I feel about them the way I do old fashions, right? It's it, or, or most cocktails. Like these pre-made, pre-mixed ones, no. 100% yeah. no with oh, a mint julep. Um, I get that. If, if there's someone's like muddling like fresh mint and doing the whole thing, they're more refreshing that yeah. way. Well, and, and I have fresh mint upstairs. Yeah. And um, generally you shouldn't muddle the mint just because it'll bruise it and make mm-hmm. it a little more bitter. So you should just kind of express it against the side of the just kind of like container. pinching it or well no you just you take the the stirring spoon and so the best way to do it is you add your syrup first mm-hmm. then you put the as much mint as you're going to use in the bottom before you add anything else and then express it against the uh, side of the the mixing glass okay and then that'll actually get the oils off of it and then you'll get the mint flavor not the bitterness 
and then you add in the liquor and um, pour it into your thing, add in all the ice, and or you can add in all the ice and then pour it in, either way you want to do it. I was thinking about actually blending up some ice. Okay. Because and, and, you're supposed to use shaved ice, generally right. speaking. I don't have shaved ice, so I was thinking about you know running it through the, the ninja upstairs yeah. and seeing what we can do. Your fridge doesn't do crushed ice? It does, but my son broke it. Oh, so all it does perfect. now is water. Perfect. So I have to pull the ice cube bin out and grab the yeah, ice. Yeah, gotcha. Hand. But yeah, I, otherwise that would have been great. Yeah. I need to buy the uh, replacement part on Amazon that allows you to uh, fix that. Hmm. Basically, and it, it's funny because all it is is one little th- piece of plastic. So when you press the ice thing, mm-hmm. it ends up pressing the water thing instead of pressing back to the ice thing. Oh, gotcha, because gotcha. The, he took a, a like an Under Armour thing and just slammed it in there one time, and it broke it. And uh, so now all it does is feeds out water. Well, I'd rather it give me water and not ice right. than ice and you know I, what I mean? that, that's why it's never been fixed yeah. for like five years yeah probably longer it's probably it's probably been 10 years no because i think i think our kitchen is as is 12 years old and i don't think i don't think that uh yeah i don't think that uh it was broken in the first two years it was so it's probably been like that for about seven years or so yeah and then you just get used to it after yeah that, like whatever i know i don't even think about it now right about using that for ice but yeah, so let me go up and make that. Okay, I'll pause. You can probably hit the head if you need to. Yeah, then, I'm uh, not too bad at the moment, but yeah. or have a primer and wait. I mean, I might do that. All right, if you do, grab me one. I'll be right back. And we're back, and I just made some fresh mint juleps. Your ice is already fucking melted. I know. Well, I'm sorry, not all of it, but well, hopefully, uh, I use a little stronger bourbon than they say. They said 90 proof. I said I used 100 proof. So for the mint julep, I made uh, Old Forester 100. I used simple syrup. You can use sugar cubes. I I decided just for speed's sake and not having to muddle. I used uh, simple syrup. And then I used uh, mint leaves. I used about five to six each. So it was about 12 of them in there. And then uh, gently expressed them against the cup. So the so as not to bruise them and release bitterness. Hopefully, I did an okay job with that. And then uh, shaved some ice and uh, it stirred it up. Fantastic! Right, it really well, does. Let's hope it does. I mean, let's hope it's good. So let's go ahead and drink it. Then we'll talk about the uh, the derby and the history and all that stuff. Uh, you know, just uh, it's going to be hard to make up for that drink we just had, though, because yeah. that, that was really good. And you can be honest. You don't have to. No, no, I'm not. I don't care. I like this. I just took a little drink. Um, I'm not a big mint person. Like, I'm not either. Normally, if it comes to like actual mints, yes, I like that. You know, like Altoids, whatever you want to call them, mints. Yeah. But I'm not one that eats like mint ice cream. I don't. I don't like chocolate, like mint chocolate chip ice cream. I cannot stand it. I don't either. Um, I know a lot of people love that. It's just not my style. Like. People do like peppermint teas and mint teas. I don't like that either. This is good. I would not drink multiple of these in a day. Right. What's nice about it, I'd say, is that mint kind of makes it refreshing. Yeah. It is a different... I do like the fact that we're back to bourbon now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can taste the bourbon. I can taste the simple syrup. I can taste the mint. It's it's nice. Same. Yeah. They, they blend together well. Yeah. Um, I could see myself... By the way, going to the Derby is a bucket list thing of mine. Yeah. I will go to the Derby at some point in my life. Um, is Tyler here? Yeah. Nice. 
This guy here. Uh, may have got the kids to bed early, but yeah, maybe. Um, um, but I, I want to go to the Derby. Like that is a hundred percent a bucket list thing. It used to be at I one agree. time. And I thought this year you were supposed to get us tickets. Oh yeah, it's but you didn't. Yeah, I know. But so next year, next year I'll get you guys get all tickets. tickets. Yeah, all absolutely. Of us. I want to go to the infield and I want to fucking party. <clears throat> I mean, I would be down for anything. So I could see it both ways. I would also have fun, like I think I dressing think, up a little bit and like. Here's the thing: once you go do the dress up thing, you're never coming back from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. All right. So, uh, but but I think you could always go from infield to classy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But I don't think you can go from classy to infield. And I've heard, and you may not want to do this, but I've heard that they used to do like a tour bus thing where it picks you up and you have your hotel in Cincinnati. Yeah. There's a tour bus that picks up a bunch of people like a Greyhound, like a nice bus. Yeah. Um, picks you up in Cincinnati, takes you to Louisville for the Derby, and then it brings you back. Because um, it's so hard to, to find, find a hotel or something. And they're yeah. so fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. That it used to be that there were groups that would do that. Sure. And I mean, I would do that. Now the ride home might be fucking awful. Yeah. But if I, there's bathrooms on it, and a lot of those like party buses, they let they you They usually have a bathroom in the yeah. back somewhere. And if they let you kind of like. As long as someone's not taking a deuce in them, who right, cares? Kind of like keep drinking a little bit while it's going on. You know, that would be doable. Yeah. No, I agree with that for sure. Uh, let's talk about the Derby now that you uh, kind of brought it up. Um, his mother was a mother. His mother was a mother. <laughs> and his mother was a mother. Loves um, the slop. Loves loves the slop, Jerry. <laughs> loves the slop. Uh, so the Kentucky Derby. It's a horse race, obviously. Held annually in Louisville, Kentucky. Almost always on the first Saturday in May, capping the two-week-long Kentucky Derby Festival. And uh, it's the grade one stakes race for three-year-old thoroughbreds at a distance of, do you know how long it is? It's a mile. Two miles. Two miles, I think. Nope. No? Damn. Two-something. Two point something? No, two something. Two kilometers. Oh, two. I don't know why I thought so it was it's two miles. So it's one and a quarter mile. Two kilometers. One and a quarter and mile. And it's at okay. uh, Churchill Downs. So uh, Colts and Geldings carry 126 pounds and Phillies 121 pounds. The jockeys is what you're referring to when you say they... Sure. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming I'm not, jockeys. I'm not a race guy. So I'm just reading. So if you guys know what that means. So it's uh, 10 furlongs. Oh. Apparently, a furlong is uh, 0.2 kilometers. I have watched the Derby. Or point, no, sorry, 0.05 kilometers. Ever right? since, because I went to school yeah. in Kentucky. No. And that's when I got point, introduced. I was right. Yeah. Ever since I got introduced to the Derby, and I don't know if it was my freshman year or maybe my sophomore year, but I've watched the Derby every year since. It's always been like a thing for me. Wow. So at one point, it was one and a half miles. That was in 1889. Now oh, I it's, saw that one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think they uh, streamed it live on the I internet. think so, yeah. I think Abraham Lincoln was the announcer. Uh, yeah, it was, was on like announcer. YouTube TV or yeah. something like that, yeah. So uh, then it got shortened to a, a mile and a quarter. And the record, do you know who holds the record for the fastest For the fastest? Time? I'm going to say Man of War. Nope. Mm. But you're on the right track. Yeah, it's got to be one There's of those There's only one other one, one that Secretariat? you... Secretariat? Pr- yes, yeah. so Secretariat. In 1973, one minute, 59 seconds, point four. Wow. Whatever, however you say that, and then the for the mile and a half one it was Spokane, and it was two minutes thirty four seconds point five, um, 
but yeah, that's pretty interesting. It's a left-handed track, which means they're going around the track with a left turn instead of mm-hmm. a right turn. Um, and they all have to counterclockwise. Be, they have to all be or anti-clockwise. <laughs> anti-clockwise. They have to all be three years old, right? Yes. Um, which I think's pretty interesting. And it's uh, one of the. Uh, it's the one that they call the run for the roses, right? Yes. So have you ever watched the Derby? Like, and, and I should say like paid attention, like when they're bringing the horses out before they're actually like right before they're ready to run, they're taking them to the gates. Have you ever watched oh, like the horses, the, the parade and the, not the parade. They're taking them from like their stalls or whatever to the actual gates and they're getting ready to run. Those horses are fucking amped. Oh, I and bet. And they have to have... They've all been shot up with their steroids, and they're ready to oh, go. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> shot up with... I don't know what. But watch them. They have to have, like, an escort horse to help calm them down. Really? You'll see it, an extra, like, little, like, kind of, like, another horse to help calm them down. They're fucking amped. They're nipping and biting at each other. Yeah. And they are fucking... Like I said, they are amped up. You'll have to watch them sometime. I'll have pay to do attention that, yeah. to it. I generally don't watch the Derby. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I'll watch the... I watched the the Sports Center replay of it, mm-hmm. but I, for whatever reason, I just, I just I've never watched it, and I don't know why. It's probably because the buildup is so big for just two minutes. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably what it is for me. Um, but I guess of the three Triple Crown races, the Kentucky Derby has the, the distinction of having been run uninterrupted since its inaugural race back in you know what year? Eighteen hundred, but I don't know. Eighteen seventy-five. Wow. Now in 2020 it was rescheduled to September, so that was the uh, I do remember that due to the COVID. Yes, I remember that due to the COVIDs. Um, but uh, even the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes of the other two Triple Crowns, they've taken hiatuses um, in different times, uh, whereas this has not. Um, but yeah, that, it's pretty interesting to me that um, you know that the, the Derby has gone uninterrupted since 1875. It's a big deal in Kentucky. and It is. You know, obviously, we've been to Kentucky several times, and I lived in um, Lexington for a while, but those horse farms are beautiful, you know what I mean? And a lot of those horses live better than the people there. I swear they do. Wow. You know, and they always say it's the land of fast horses and beautiful women. That's I'm serious. That's what when I was in school they would where, say. Where where is the land of fast women and beautiful horses? I, that was my joke in college. I would say oh, yeah. the opposite. <laughs> That's that's what I want to find. Yeah, I would always say. I that. mean, that's great that it's beautiful women and fast horses, but I want the fast ho- fast women and beautiful horses. That's I dated I mean. a girl for three years in in college in Kentucky, and she was from Lexington. And I would always say that to her, her, and she would be like, "Shut up!" She would get so annoyed with me. <laughs> well, how many times did she hear that joke? Oh, probably as many as Trina hears whatever from you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she's she's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> to put up with that nonsense. Yeah. So uh, now they've had a few more drinks of this, what do you think? I, I still like it. I do. Yeah. It's growing on me. Um, the mint isn't overpowering. It's just, um, it's a compliment to the drink. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. I've watched a couple of videos leading up to the show of how to make them and multiple different ways. Blade and Bow, for example, the video they Ooh, posted. Blade and Bow. I haven't had that in a while. So Blade and Bow, the video they posted was actually 10 mint leaves per drink. That's a lot of mint. It was, but he said the difference is, he says some people muddle theirs. Okay. And he said, and you don't, you don't need nearly as many if you muddle it because right. it releases the oils, oils and yeah. the bitterness. Um, he says, so if you express it up against the, the cup, which is what I tried to do here, I don't know how good a job I did, but it looked like I was, it looked like I was seeing some oiliness yeah. on there. 
Um, that could have been the syrup, but but he said when you put it in with the syrup and then you rub it up against gently up against the the side of the container you're mixing it in, then you'll you'll express the oils as opposed to the muddling, which brings out some of the bitters. What's funny you say that, and I know I keep going back to New Orleans, so I'm sorry, but when I would drink those Sazeracs, they would do that with the lemon. They would take that lemon rind and they would kind of like rub it around the rim, the rim and express yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, there was something about the aroma and, you know, there's yeah, something to be said about like your, yeah, yeah, your yeah. sense of smell, complimenting taste. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what it is. Well, and mint, the other thing they tell you to do with the mint is you garnish it with a sprig, a full sprig of mint. Mm-hmm. That way, as you get close to the, to the glass, that aromatic that air, yeah. is, is kind of getting you ready for the drink. It's almost like when you nose a bourbon, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, you nose it, you get ready for the, the flavor, and then you drink it, and then that flavor is there, you know, and it's you prepared yourself by nosing it first. And I'm, the aromatic, you know, properties of the, of the mint probably does the same thing for the drink. I think I'm liking all the old Forester in this, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I could be wrong, but I feel like at the Derby – that Woodford mm-hmm. is kind of the sponsor, and they do they most are. of the bourbon, yeah. if I remember. Yeah. I believe they are the mint julep. And in fact, if you're going out and about right now in most Ohio liquor stores, there's a kit. It's a Woodford Reserve kit. I almost bought one. Well, they that have, comes with a mint julep cup. And they have that Woodford bottle that has like, it's like a derby edition. It's yeah, still the same that's juice. That's not this kit. Yeah. So they do two things. They sell, yeah. There's nothing different in the bottle. When they, it's just a, it's. it's like I a think marketing. it's a hand painted design every year that they then Probably. mass produce. Um, and then, so each year people collect them because each year it's a different print. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is that uh, then later on, so that's usually earlier in the year. Then later on in the year, the like the week of, couple like the month of leading up, they'll sell a little kit that comes with a mint julep cup. Okay. And I almost bought one because I don't have a mint julep cup. You know, the little, um, I don't know what actual metal it is, but it's like a goldish kind yeah. of cup. I know what you're talking about. And I think it helps keep it <clears throat> cold because Probably. you put the ice, you fill it up. It's kind of like the, a mule is the same way. Yeah, I it's, feel. A, it's a similar. So what is that? <clears throat> copper? It might be copper, yeah. It might be, copper, it might be yeah. what it is, yeah. I like the copper that's like dimpled. Have you ever seen those? Oh, that have yeah, like yeah, all yeah. the dimples in yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how a lot of the uh, still stuff is too. Mm-hmm. Like It's got the dimples in it, but... But yeah, this is good, man. I'm enjoying this. This is, uh, oh, you know what? I, I have that Kentucky Derby book that they sent oh, yeah. me. I should I forgot all about that. It's got a whole bunch of stuff in it and info. But uh, they sent that with the old Forester kit last year. Yeah, my mint julep's gone, man. It, I, like I have a little bit left. Yeah, but. no, I'm I'm very much enjoying mine. There's not much yeah, left I, on either. This surprised me as well. I I didn't know how much I'd like it. I I remember liking it last year. I made one for me and one for Trina. She liked it. She likes mint though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think I would because I don't generally like mint, but this, it's a, it's a refreshing flavor that complements, like you said. Where, so, God, I keep talking about New Orleans. <laughs> they had at a restaurant an old fashioned, was it sage? I feel, cause it, it was like on the, it had the leaves on the stem still yeah. and they put it down inside the drink and it was surprisingly good. So when I went to Giant Eagle to buy the chocolate bitters mm-hmm. because Kroger had no bitters. And the guy goes, yeah, we've only restocked our bitters twice since November. And he's like, they last for like two or three days and they're gone. Really? And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He's like, it's so frustrating. He's like, I have to actually go to Giant Eagle. The Kroger guy's telling me, I usually have to go to Giant Eagle to get my bitters. So I went to Giant Eagle right after that because I went there looking for them today for this. And um, 
they had the chocolate bitters and I walked in and they had simple syrups that were flavored and they had a whole bunch of different ones. They were pretty cool. So like they had a, they had a simple, like a cranberry simple syrup. They had a, hmm. uh, there were so many of them. There was like a vanilla something or other. Um, God, I wish I would have picked one of them up. They were 10 bucks a piece, but they were, I bet you they would make an old fashioned just outstanding. There was a maple something. There was a maple one. That I was like, oh, I bet that's really good for an old fashioned. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, so there was like some ginger ones, ginger and chocolate, ginger and something else. Um, there was maple and and so like when you're walking to the Britain Parkway mm-hmm. Giant Eagle liquor store, you know how you're walking into the liquor store and there's that like little alcove before you go in that has like not liquor store stuff, but yeah. like liquor store uh, complimentary like mixers stuff. and yeah, mixers yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So right the bitters are right there and then off to the side of the bitters to the right there was all these different flavored simple syrups and i was like oh god that's not good i could go try all those and and make little old fashions to see which ones i like better to peek over there and see yeah it was interesting and i i don't i can't vouch for them because i've never had one but it was a an interesting idea Mm -hmm. because the simple syrups are usually just that little like it's almost like the old uh squeeze uh bottle of the of the bear for honey Oh, yes. But it's like oh, that same hilarious. plastic, yeah. you know, but it's simple syrup. And it's like, it's just so, I, I know it's <laughs> it's kind of goofy to say this, but it's so simple. Yeah. And so yeah. like, you can make your own simple syrup, you know, it's not that hard. But it's always easier just to buy that shit. Yeah. And my buddy makes his own simple syrup and he actually then puts a little bit of vodka in with it hmm. so that it keeps longer. Oh, that's a good idea. So that so that's what he does with his simple syrup. He'll make it on the stove, and then he'll mix in a little bit of vodka, and then put it in the fridge. That way, he can pour you know pour it out and make his drinks with it more you know from a, a handmade or homemade or whatever from scratch or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, but that but he'll do that with his simple syrup. I I like the idea of already having simple syrup. I I prefer maple syrup. As with a an old fashioned, I use maple syrup as like well. Like real maple syrup, yeah, not like log cabin or something. But like correct, real like true maple, maple syrup. syrup yeah. Yes, because maple syrup's not cheap. Like true maple syrup. No, and that that barrel aged maple syrup that Middle West Spirits oh, has, holy shit, good. that is so good in an old fashioned. It too. is so good. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess if you are listening to this leading into Cinco de Mayo or the Derby this weekend, try out one of these drinks. I did say the recipe for this one, right? For the yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, but I'll post them on our uh, Instagram here in the next uh, uh, day or two leading in. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? Damn it. I meant to take a picture of this. Uh, like I did, but it's empty now. So you're going to see an empty picture. Oh, well. But uh, let me turn. Well, I mean, Luxro can be in the picture, but that's all right. I'll leave room to put the recipe above it. So uh, if you're this weekend watching the uh, Derby or you're celebrating Cinco de Mayo because it is on a Friday this year, so you might be able to go out and party, have one of these as a pregame before you go out and enjoy. Uh, have that uh, Reposado Old Fashioned. That was actually really yeah. good. Yeah, that was very good. And then good. Uh, on Derby Day, uh, sit down with one of these, make one of your own mint juleps. It's, even if you're normally just a bourbon drinker, this is actually pretty good and refreshing. It was something different too. Like I'm a creature of habit yeah. and I tend to reach for the same thing. I and do it's too. refreshing I to do grab too. something different, kind of go out of your comfort zone. Like it's pure laziness for me that I don't oh, yeah. make my own cocktails. Same. 
But when I do, I'm always pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised. So, I mean, it is, you're right though. It is like a, a creature comfort, you know, habit thing or laziness thing, whatever you want to call it. But whatever the reason, I just don't generally make them. And I yeah. mean, these were both really good tonight. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're uh, basically at an hour. So, uh, and I know it's uh, late for you, Mr. One of Early these Riser. days, we're going to make the bourbon bacon beautiful from the oh, pearl. God. You're going to have to do the fat wash. I, I'll do it. Uh, I, do it. You keep saying I will. you want to do a fat wash. It's one of those things that it, it's not that I can't do it. I just don't think about Like, I need to set a reminder in my phone that says make fat washed bourbon. Well, for real. Yeah. Because um, I went there. I don't know if we're trying to end this, but I'll make it quick. No, that's fine. I went there on Friday. So... Hadn't been to the Pearl in forever, and I was like, I really want the Pearl. I'm going to go. We almost went on Friday. Yeah. Trina and I were sitting there like, oh, we've got – it was like 4.30, and we're like, let's go to the Pearl. And then where, what did I say? We ended up, Oh, we ended up going to Hot Chicken Takeover yes. instead. Yeah. And she's so upset that we went there instead of the Pearl. And so I want to make this quick, and then I'll go back. I was on a Reddit thread the other day, and a lot of people are unhappy with Hot Chicken Takeover. Because it's sold. Someone bought the franchise. Oh, yeah? I didn't know that. I didn't either. And they're all about like profit, profit, profit. And so they have made some um Well, their chicken I just had things. the other day was fine. That's just what I read. I haven't had yeah, it. I mean, it may be, but they added fries to their menu and their fries were outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, because it used to be like mac and cheese and slaw. Well, they do still have those. Um, but they added fries and the yeah. fries are hand cut each day. That sounds fantastic. And they were cooked, I think, in probably peanut oil. They were so good. So good. That was one of the best parts of the meal. But here's the thing I say about hot chicken takeover. If you're in Columbus area, this is this is a hot take. Yeah. If you don't get them hot, if you don't get the hot flavor, it's not worth it. It's not. Yeah. I, I don't think you're you're it's you may as well just go to Chick-fil-A. Right. Or, you know, go to uh Cane's. I haven't had Dave's hot chicken yet. I want to have that soon. Um, Cluck Norris is really good too. If you I've had, had Cluck Norris, yeah, Cluck that's Norris good. is really good. But honestly, if you go to Hot Chicken Takeover and don't get it hot, then why are you going? Right. I mean, honestly, because it, it's really not that good. Because Trina usually gets it warm, I get it hot, and then I think, what's the? Is it cold? Is that what they call Cold's it? Cold's like nothing, I think. Right. I th- but but I think they call it cold. <clears throat> I think so. And if you it's get not it, served cold, there's just no spice. right, right, right. Just no spice to it. But if you get it cold, I was like, why are you going? Right. Unless you're going with three or four people that are really looking forward to it, and you just are tagging along mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well I'll just get it cold. Right. I get that, but don't go there if you're not going to get it hot. I agree. That's part, that's the whole part of the experience. It is. I mean, it's, it's hot chicken takeover. It's right. not cold chicken takeover. It's not, <laughs> it's not warm it's not, chicken takeover. Right. I, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of it. And so then if you go there and you don't get it hot and then you complain about like, what, like right. why you didn't get it, how it was intended. Yeah. Totally so, agree. Uh, whatever. Anyway. But I had gone to the Pearl, and I went by myself. I have no problem going out to eat by myself. Some people are weird about that. I don't either. I love to sit at the bar and go out to eat by myself. And I've noticed this trend of, like, you get really good service. if you Because you start talking to the bartender, well, yeah. and they start – because they see you're by yourself, and yeah. they don't worry about interrupting you. Yeah. So they'll start talking to you. Yeah, you'll get good Every service. Every time. And there was a girl there. I forget her name. She ended up being my, like – even though there was multiple people at the bar, she just kept coming back to me. Great service. Can I get you a drink? Can I get you this? Can I get you that? You know, towards the end, she's like, "Do you? Can I show interest you in a dessert menu?" And I was like, "No." I was like, "For dessert, I'm just going to have one more drink, and I'll close my tab." And so she makes my drink, and she was like, "I put extra bacon in there for you for your dessert." And I was just, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah, just, the, yeah, I yeah. love those experiences of sitting no, at the right. bar by you're myself, right. 
It's it was a great time. That's, my meal the was bourbon fantastic. bacon beautiful is on the, the happy, happy hour. hour menu. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. half price, so it ends up being I think six fifty. Right, it's a thirteen dollar. Yeah, and I'm like yeah, so. six fifty for like a one sore of these. Penis, man. You can't beat it. It's hard to beat. Yeah. So yeah, um, great great time, great food. I ordered some oysters, and then I ordered you know my um, I did the burger. Burger came out perfect. I've had some. God, my burger never comes out right. My, but it's still always great. Yeah, it came out perfect. And I've had some bad, you know, I've said it before. I've had some bad food there. Not bad food. It just it didn't come out like I expected it yeah, to. Yeah, I've never had bad food there, but they never get my burger the right temperature. It was just right. What do you order yours? Medium. So Me too, but Medium. it always comes out with a gray center. This did not. Um, the cheese was just right. Yeah, the, they, cheese, oh God. the cheese was perfect. I don't know how they do it where it comes out gray in the middle and it's still juicy. Yeah. It because everywhere else I go, that just turns my stomach. But I can eat their burgers even when they miscook it. Or is that right? Miscook? I don't know. I think so. So that's all. But yeah. it was a great. No, I, I love I want to do that, that place, cocktail. Man. Like, I want to, I'm going to figure out how to make that. I watched her make several. Well, four of them that I had. But anyway, um <laughs> the pre like there's a premix that they have like pre-made for the bourbon bacon beautiful. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like I could see I them- think they're they're Signature cocktails, they pretty much all have pre-made, pre-made I believe. But they have to. The, the yeah, volume. They, yeah, they're ordering those off the menu. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You no. were watching her make them. Yeah, no, and, and it was like it was like one of those like ketchup bottles, right? But it was clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That yeah. they're like, Shh, they squirted in there. Yeah. and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I know Tyler makes fun of me because he's a foodie. He, he self-proclaimed foodie. But, he's uh, going to bust at the door <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> but like... That's probably one of my favorite restaurants in all of Columbus Mm -hmm. because just consistently, it doesn't matter what I'm in the mood for. They've got it all and it's all good. Absolutely. Whether it's tater tots, whether it's a burger, whether it's fish and chips, whether it's their chicken and and waffles on brunch day, um, their omelet of the day that they have on brunch. I mean, their cinnamon roll on brunch is freaking ridiculous. Their uh, PB and J little bites, Mm -hmm. their deviled eggs are good. Like, it's all good. And then their oysters are good, too. Like, that place was packed to the fucking gills by 4.30, though. Oh, yeah. You have to get there. You have to get there by 4 o'clock on a Friday or it's, yep. I no. got there at 4.15. There were like two or three seats left at the bar. Yeah. I took a seat and by 4.30, fucking packed to the gills, The man. good thing the is, is thing. you can sit over at the oyster bar, too. That's true. That's where Trina and yeah. I have had to sit a couple times. But, yeah, that place gets packed fast. Yeah. And it, because it's Friday. Right. So, and I think Trina and I are going to try to go there this Friday. We, we should. I'm so mad that we didn't get to see I know, them. I know. I'd have yeah. been like, well, I'm going to sit with him. No. Yeah, I would have. I would have yeah, figured absolutely. out a way. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining in for an episode and uh, enjoy your Cinco de Mayo slash Derby weekend happening all at the same time. Place your bets. Place your bets. And uh, have a good weekend, guys. We'll see you next week when uh, Tyler returns. He makes his return. The return of Tyler. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks a lot and have a good weekend. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon.